body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. Not what usually happens, but I'm Ryan Drosovich alongside Jacob Stinson and Matt Merrifield is joining us today, along with uh, Joey the Kangaroo, who may not say many words, but he is here in presence. But hey, I'll throw it to you, Matt. How are you doing today, buddy? Welcome back to the pod. I'm doing great. I'm glad you guys asked me to come on, fill in, fill in for uh, Cam on the show and uh, talk some Michigan State hockey. Also, hey, since you haven't been on the pod in a second, let the people know where they could follow you on Twitter, where they, what do you usually do for Impact, and just just uh, give the people the spiel. You uh, know? My Twitter handle is at mmerrifield 20 m and then my last name, Merrifield20, on Twitter. I am covering baseball this spring for Impact, so follow me, Tommy, and Jacob Phillips at the station, and we're all going to bring you a lot of great baseball content this spring after the boys here get done finishing up with hockey as they complete out the season for Michigan State. Yeah, not too much MSU hockey to talk about this season, but Jacob, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Kind of disappointed you didn't go to me first this time. I, uh, hey, I ought to throw it to the guy who has a good audience. I understand. I understand. But I just think it's funny. A little, little out of order. Keeps me off my game. Oh, yeah. You got to keep you on your toes. And then, Joey, how you doing? Good. <laughs> man a few words man a few words okay well we'll just get right into it some games to note in the big 10 for you guys this past weekend number two u of m actually swept uh number 11 osu ohio state now ends their regular season on a four-game losing streak after going 12 one and two in 14 games so they had a really really impressive run and then they lose four straight so they couldn't secure the big 10 regular season title but they gave it a good shot so uh, they'll they'll be in the Big Ten tournament, obviously, like every other team. Number five, Minnesota sweeps Penn State. And then, unfortunately, number 12, Notre Dame swept MSU at Munn, and Wisconsin was on a bye. So after that, we got some updated conference standings, some updated national rankings, some blah, blah, blah. Uh, Michigan stays at number two. Minnesota moves from five to four. Notre Dame goes from 12 down to nine, and then Ohio State drops up to 12 that's weird to say drops up to 12 whatever okay and in the big 10 standings michigan still on top this week they have 51 points in the conference followed by minnesota with 49 ohio state finishes actually they they might not finish in third a team that was actually on top of the big 10 for a couple weeks might actually drop down to fourth because notre dame in fourth is only one point behind ohio state with 41 and then wisconsin in fifth with 20 followed by Penn State with 17 and Michigan State with 14 in the last. So Notre Dame can actually pass Ohio State with a win against Michigan. I'm pretty sure the game is at Michigan. I should have should definitely looked that up before I said this. You guys know if it is? Let me. Um, I believe it. Oh, no, it's is... at Notre Dame. So okay. Not... Okay. So there, there's a little bit of advantage. And then Michigan State can actually propel into that sixth slot with a sweep against Penn State. It may happen. They, they, you know, who knows? It's the last two games of the season. I think it happened top or bottom two teams in the Big Ten. It's it's anybody's game. But so for this scenario, if Michigan State does move up to the sixth seed, they will be playing, what is it, the second seed or the third seed? Does the first seed get the automatic buy? Yes. They do. Yes. So it would either be Minnesota in that number two seed, or it would be Ohio State or Notre Dame for that three seed. Notre Dame could pass Ohio State. We're not we're not sure about that, but it's either 
Minnesota, Ohio State, or Notre Dame. Michigan State will be playing in the first round in the best of three in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. Gentlemen, what team do you want to see MSU match up against and why? Well, I think right off the bat, we can eliminate both Michigan and Minnesota. Because keep yes. in mind, there is no way, there's no mathematical chance that Michigan State finishes any higher than fifth. Um, so that eliminates any semblance of, uh, or any chance at home ice advantage. So you're, it comes to a question of where do you want to play on the road? And where do you think you can pick up a win on the road? When I look at that, personally, out of all the, out of the four teams at the top, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Notre Dame, I would like to see Ohio State the most. I think they have the best chance of going into Columbus and taking a win. Uh, just mainly for the sake of Ohio State's a very young team. Young can also be another word for inexperienced, especially in a playoff situation. So. With Michigan State, I think they could, in theory, take advantage of that. So I think that would be the team I'd most like to see. I, I know they've been historically decent at Compton, which could help a little bit. But I think the youth of Ohio State could possibly be something that could be exploited. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Just for clarification, playoff, the quarterfinal, the three-game series, right? Is it? Yep. Okay, that's three, what I thought. Yep. So Going but, back to the best of three. Last year yeah. was best of one because of COVID screwed a fit, okay. but yeah, best of three this year. So best of three, you do not want to be playing at Yost. If Michigan does not win the title next this weekend and they have to go to Yost, that'd be probably worst case scenario. Minnesota's, I wouldn't want to go to Minnesota either, so I'd definitely say Ohio State would probably be the best case scenario. Like Jacob said, just they're not as experienced. Usually when they play in the tournament, they're also a the underdog team going on the road, so they don't have much home ice advantage uh, experience in the playoffs. And I just think that State probably matches up with them best. I don't think Ohio State has some of the talent that Michigan and Minnesota and Notre Dame have. So just going into a three-game set, I think playing Ohio State gives you the best chance. For me, I'm going to say, I'd say MSU would like both Ohio State and Notre Dame. Ohio State, for the same reason why you guys said they're young, they're inexperienced, and that definitely, that that takes a toll when you go into a tournament-style play. And in a best-of-three, obviously, you know, teams are kind of used to best-of-threes because they do best-of-twos every weekend but I think you could take advantage of Ohio State's youngness there but Notre Dame as well because Notre Dame always seems to play down to Michigan State we even saw it this weekend the the 2-1 game on Friday Michigan State in my opinion played one of the best games that they've played in 2022 they lost we'll get into it in a second but they lose the game 2-1 Cole after the game had a lot of strong words for his players but it was it just seemed like they they didn't run out of time, but they were just they were neck and neck with the number twelve team in the nation. So I think if if Michigan State gets Ohio State or Notre Dame, that's a very good chance, but they just do not want anything to do with a best of three against Michigan or Minnesota. That would be bad news bears for the Spartans, in my opinion. So hey, let's just get right into the right into the game recaps that happened this weekend. Notre Dame came into town game one. Lewandowski's back, finally. First game action in the 2022 calendar year. How nice was it to see him skating on the ice, gentlemen? I mean, it definitely helped. Um, it seemed like in that first game, they definitely got a little bit of a shot in the arm, so to speak. Um, they played with a little bit more energy. They are moving the puck around well. Lewandowski got the assist on a very nice Eric Middendorf goal from where from uh, 
from what I and people on Twitter call the rock star zone, which is like that area right close to the, the goal line from like from the corner. So beautiful goal on that part. But it just it really like I really like seeing uh yeah, seeing him back. And when he's when he's able to move the puck effectively as he was, it helped the offense a lot. I'd like to see it a little more. Because uh, he's kind of, he's kind of getting his feet under him a little bit still, and you could it was still pretty obvious I think that he was, but um, above all, I th- with a little bit more playing time under his belt, I I think it definitely helps the MSU offense from where it was at this point two weeks ago. Yeah, I definitely agree. Watching him out there Friday night looked like he you know was getting kicking off the rust a little bit, but he definitely gave the team a boost. Obviously, getting the assist on the power play. Uh, I think him being back is going to help them this weekend against Penn State and then uh, in the playoffs against whoever they play next next week. So I just it was good to see him back. Obviously, he hasn't been back since the Western game. Is that right? Yeah, the January GLI, GLI was when he got hurt. I didn't yeah. know which game they, it was. I think he played actually against Michigan Tech, but basically, GLI, so basically same thing. Not since, same thing. Since the streak has started, he hasn't been in the lineup. I know Cam has been talking about how they need him back, and it definitely made a difference. Did not help them get the win, obviously, but it was definitely nice to have him back and see him out there. Yeah, so the rest of the recap for Game 1. Charleston did get the nod to Ritter the weekend before against Michigan. He had he had a rough weekend, so to speak. Not really his fault, but he did let in 13 goals in two games. So this week, Danticle decided, let's go with Charleston for the first game. And uh, MSU, in my opinion, very, very good game. Very strong. MSU capitalizes against the nation's best penalty kill, courtesy of Eric Mindendorf. Some beautiful puck movement from uh, Tucker Lewandowski in his first game back led to the the 1-0 goal, and MSU went into the first period, mission, first period intermission up 1-0. So there you go. There's a positive start. You score first against Notre Dame, which Notre Dame was 15-1 going into that game when scoring first, so that was something big. And you get Lewandowski involved. You score on the power play. Huge positives for Michigan State in the first. But in the second... Strand answers for Notre Dame. It is 1-1. And then Notre Dame adds their lead on some 4-on-4 hockey to make it 2-1. So now MSU is uh, finding themselves in a little hole. Late in the game when MSU was trying to get back into it, Graham Slaggard actually nudged, nudged Charleston. And Jacob and I could talk on this. If you're a skater that is not a goalie, you do not touch the goalie. Only the goalie can touch the goalie, and that's pretty much it. If somebody else touches you, you're having the whole team come around you. Like the camaraderie is just huge there. Well, I mean, even if you're, even if you are the goalie on the other team, you still don't get to touch the other team's goalie. Yeah, it's just not how that. You works. wish it happens. I but... mean, <laughs> you see the videos of goalie fights and things like that, but that's incredibly rare. Yeah. But um, even then, yeah, I always thought it was funny because part of me, like, if I was still playing today, I want to get into a little bit more of those fights, but like, uh. Middle school, high school me, uh, just if anyone that even like touched me or like sprayed me with snow or anything like that, like I could already I could count on like at least two guys coming over to kind of uh, rough up the guy that did it uh, while I just kind of could skate around and just kind of walk. Yeah, and that that's exactly what happened. Uh, a big no no happened in front of the net after yeah. Graham Slagger nudged Charleston because a huge scrum interrupt uh, erupted. That's an understatement. Five five guys on both sides didn't hold back. Usually it's like three on three in college hockey because they're the face off comes out of the uh, that zone once a fourth guy gets involved, but nobody cared in that situation. Uh, Christian Krieger and Graham Slaggard actually were throwing some punches at each other while on the ice, so they got disqualified for fighting. They could not participate in Game 2. And even after all that, even the spark and the tension in the arena, Lewandowski back, 
Michigan State could not find the back of the net to net a second one against Galaja, and uh, Michigan State eventually falls in that game to Notre Dame 2-1. Very good showing, but just couldn't put it all together, and uh, yet another loss. So what do you guys see on that game? So the thing with it, it like we, we talked at length pretty much how inconsistent this team can play at times, and like that first period I thought was like one of the best periods they had played all year. Um, but then it kind of went into a, you know, one of those back and forth trademark Danton Cole, you know, low scoring hockey games. And it looked like it was going to shape out that way. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, they, they go and they end up going up two one in the third period. So it's like, you know, clock's ticking, but now you need to get at least one, make this a two, two game. And so they did, they took those normal measures. Like they pulled, they pulled the goalie, um, towards the end but one of my, I had a, I had a lot of issues with the way that game was executed by MSU down the stretch. Uh I thought for one they couldn't really they they weren't able to get any sort of good puck possession um for a while because I'm looking at it now even one thing that's not necessarily helpful. Uh Charleston got pulled with 54 seconds left. Yeah, Notre Dame had some good pressure before that. Right. And so what that tells me and from what I watched they were just not like Notre Dame just kept the pressure on uh and was playing keep away with the puck wasn't allowing MSQ to get any real zone entry and it really messed with that um with that special teams kind of thing uh, with them being able to pull the goalie and then once they did pull the goalie i i just did not think they were nearly as aggressive as they needed to be i feel like they were still kind of playing a bit defensive um what they were doing a lot of the times was it looked like they were kind of passing around just to get the perfect shot. But like when you're in that kind of situation, you can't really do that. Especially with the clocks ticking as much as it is like, there were plenty of times where I thought like, you know, this is like, this is the opportunity where you have to shoot the puck. Like defensemen would have it top of the circles, something like that. Um, it looks like they had a good lane to the net. All you have to do at least is just throw it on the goal. And I just, I didn't see them do that. And I just thought they were way too passive in that last minute. And I think that's the reason they weren't able to score. Because I thought they had the opportunities to do it. Goliath wasn't necessarily like prime Martin Brodeur or whatever out there. No, he wasn't. He wasn't super special. But but he, he was making the saves down. he needed to save. Mm-hmm. Um, like you weren't going to be able to beat him with just the normal stuff. But like if you were getting him moving side to side, he was he'd be fine. So... I, that's my thing. I think it was just that late game execution was really that was what I thought did MSU in in that last game. What'd you see there, Matt? Uh, I like the way Charleston played last night. I saw he only had was it twenty two shots in the game, but he made some really nice quality saves to keep him in it. The first period felt I was at the game. I was in the stands for that one, and it's just the energy in the building felt a little quiet. Like it just felt the arena felt dead early in the game. You could see that between the two teams. But State was able to get that one nothing lead going into the intermission. So you thought, maybe, all right, second period, let's go out there and get something going again. And then they still kind of did, but they, they did a good job of keep pulling Notre Dame into the mud during that game, being physical and not letting them run their uh, normal offense and just keeping the game physical and chippy throughout. But it just, when they got behind, Notre Dame just started playing puck possession and they just mm-hmm. couldn't generate any offense. Like Jacob said, they couldn't pull Charleston until the last minute. Even then, it didn't feel like they were aggressive enough to get any off true offensive chances late. And I just think 
what they have uh, that say 36 shots 37 shots in the yeah. game it did not feel like no i was surprised when i saw because usually state's not the one out shooting the other team usually they're getting out shot by 15 shots but just didn't seem like they're getting anything quality and i just didn't like i don't it just it was a weird game for them it just the entire yeah, entire time but yeah even though msu played well you noted msu had a 15 15- uh, shot advantage they won the shot battle 37 22 but in my opinion notre dame had a much more of the higher percentage chances they had a they actually had a three-on-one at one point they had two two-on-ones and if it wasn't for charleston making some big big saves there this this could have easily been a 4-1 game but with that being said i still think it was a very strong game obviously you know during a, a long long losing streak it's easy to point out the the little things that they do right and harp on them but I, I think they did still have a very strong game. The numbers may say something different, saying that MSU had a stronger game, but it was a very even game, but they played to Notre Dame. They played to the number 12 team in the nation, which is something you definitely have to note about. It just, it's a shame that they fell 2-1 and, you know. It was, it was, was definitely that. one of their better performances as of late. I mean, and that's not, I don't know if, say if that's not saying much. I haven't been able to watch them as much as I would like to, but. They definitely, it was nicer to see, even though the losing streak is now, was at 11 after that game, but it was like, at least you kept it close. You did battle with them the entire time. It just, you didn't get the win, which is up, which is disappointing. Yeah, and I personally thought after that game one, you got Lewandowski back, you got this somewhat momentum, some some phantom momentum after a loss going into game two. I thought, I thought they had it Saturday, but I was wrong. I couldn't really watch the game too much, but uh, gentlemen, what did you guys see in the game two? I mean, it was they kind of did themselves in early. Like they were they were never really in that game. Even then, that last goal that made it four two was like seven seconds left. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually Mindor from the Rockstar Zone again. <laughs> but um still, like they were pretty much way out they were out of this game for the entire for the entirety of it. They did first they, yeah, how did they start? So how, I, how's the start I, of it? I, I don't remember I don't remember what goals came in what period. I have to look at the box. Oh, they no, like quick. how how did they, they come out the gate? That's I, what I'm they were, about. I mean, Notre Dame came out pretty, um, like, came out pretty hard. But, like, at the same time, the reason, that I remember those first two goals specifically were some pretty bad defensive lapses that allowed, like, basically two-on-ones and things like that d- down tight towards DeRitter. And those kind of, and, like, the way they were playing it, basically, it was like MSU was almost asking to be scored on when you when you kind of have a lapse like that, so that that's what did them in early, and then I think there was one the third goal I think was like right at the end of a power play or something like that, um, or Notre Dame was gonna was about to they were about to have a power play. The third one it was a four on four. Okay, yeah, it was one. Of, yeah, so it was those, but um, like it was one of those. They I think Notre Dame was just coming off of some like Notre Dame had. A, very big push in that zone right there. And the, all the guys were clearly tired because they've been on the ice for a while and just was not able to uh, clear the puck out in time to get a change. So that, that was goal number three. And then I think goal four was kind of just a lucky bounce um, where it's like you can't really expect DeRitter to save that. Um, but other than that, yeah, they kind of, they just came out flat or well, Notre Dame, at least more than anything, um, just yeah, yeah, was was taking advantage of some MSU uh, lapses and things like that, and it really did them in. Yeah, the um, 
It looked like the first period, Notre Dame, looked like Jeff, their head coach, Jeff Jackson, lit him a new one after the game Friday night. Mm. And because um, they came out and they played pretty well to start. And State fell behind 2 nothing early. Nothing DeRitter could really do by the goals. I thought State's defense wasn't as where it should have been. There were a couple times where DeRitter just bad bounces, pucks wasn't where it's supposed to be, and defense weren't there to help him out. So they were down 2 nothing going into the second. And then they got a power play early. They had a chance to score. Wide open net, and I believe it was, I have Karashek, the Notre Dame's captain, was lying on the goal line and kept it out, which, I mean, he had the open net. Tough bounce for State. And so then that, that would have been 2-1. It then. would have made it 2-1. Okay. And then on top of that, they were on the power play. Tucker took an unsportsmanlike penalty at uh, the whistle, giving Notre Dame, making a 4-on-4, four four, and then Notre Dame scored one that I think DeRitter, the only one DeRitter should have had, I think was the third one. It went under his blocker. But at that point, it's 3 nothing with 15 minutes to go in the second period against the number 12 team in the country. That's a, just an uphill battle. You're probably not going to win. Very they did get one game. back with Davidson. And then immediately Notre Dame answered to make it 4-1, and that was everybody saw the writing on the wall after that. Mm. But uh, And then the third, Notre Dame just played keep away the entire third period. I have game notes here like of penalties, stuff that happened, some big saves. I have two notes from the entire third period. I have... The penalty that Notre Dame took with 11 minutes left, and then Middendorf's goal at the very last second, the set was seven seconds. Left. Other than that, not just it was just a third period. Was just Notre Dame played keep away and held on to their four one four two win. But and that's something that we've seen falter MSU. I think too many times this season. If you're MSU, you've lost how many games in a row, and you're down in the third. Doesn't matter if you're down one goal, two goal, or three goals. In my opinion, the third is when you would want to see the most fight in the team. And I don't know if that's if that's a coaching issue. I don't know if that's a player's being motivated. In my opinion, I think it's just a big mix of both because it, obviously in a long losing streak, it it really takes a toll on everybody in the team. But um, hey, we something that we talked about a couple weeks ago, ago that I want to bring back up is we talked about the future of Danton Cole on this team. And we had a we had a long-spirited conversation. If you guys want to listen to it, it's in the Crucial Series episode a couple episodes back. You go to 22 minutes, you'll hear Jacob Cam and I spiel for about like 25 minutes or something crazy. But we asked two questions. One was, do we think Danton Cole is going to be back next year? We all answered a resounding yes on that. The second question was, do we think it's the right thing for MSU's future? But... Now, if this streak, it was an eight-game losing streak then. It's now a 12. If this gets to a 14-game losing streak, is is Danton Cole's job in jeopardy for next season? I still would think no, but, like, just just for the way, like, that it does go in terms of what it takes to actually fire somebody. Normally, you don't fire a coach for poor performance, and um, normally it's like a, you have to do like a like a John Gruden kind of thing, basically, to get or or something. Oh gosh! Oh no! Well, you have to do you have to do something. Uh, cut, what, what cut. I what, no. What what I mean by that is you, you can't really get fired for being not good or like not for not winning in college hockey. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, it's very because other to, sports. Oh yeah, yeah you're gone. Yeah. You're donezo. It's very hard to do that, but like at the same time, uh, or yeah, the only way it really does happen is. If you just, if it's like some kind of actually just bad thing in general, that something bad comes out, um, then you're normally gone. But I hope nothing bad comes out over Danico because I don't I, either. I, I don't either. personally I mean, like him as a coach, but yeah, the but results like, just, ugh. yeah, the results just aren't there right now. But 
I don't want to spend too much time on this, um, just because we did have that conversation at length a couple weeks ago. But yeah, it's just I don't see it's going to happen. I, I personally, I don't think. I don't necessarily know if changing head coaches is the necessarily the answer, but all right, you're at twelve. You get swept this weekend. It's fourteen. Get swept out of, at Minnesota or Michigan next week. That's sixteen games. You haven't won a you didn't win a single game in the schedule in tw- the calendar year of twenty twenty two. At that point, something has to change. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean coaching has to change, but there just has to be a something has to flip within the program itself just to say, yeah, turn it around. Because at some point, and you kind of saw it Friday night, but not enough of it was we've, like the players just have to look at themselves and say, we've lost thirteen in a row, we've lost twelve in a row. I'm tired of losing. Like mm-hmm. at that point, you just go out there and just go hit somebody and go get a, go get a win. Go just. Like and they tried doing that Friday, dragging Notre Dame in the mud, but they couldn't pull it out even with Luback. So it's it's tough to say. I just something needs to change. I know there's some seniors leaving, Kriegers are leaving, DeRitter's gone, so you're gonna get well the younger Lewandowski's gone after well, how long has he been here? So I think that, you know, getting them out, allowing the younger guys to step up and take the leadership roles, maybe you can turn it around next year. It just the way they are playing right now, it's it's tough to be optimistic about something for next year when you just it's just tough to say, like, yeah, they're going to turn around next year. What makes you say that? Like, what? How can I confidently look at this team next year and say, yep, they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out? Right now, I can't say that. If they, especially if they keep the same course they have. If something changes in house without it necessarily being a coaching change, whether they go out and change the way they run their power play or their offense in general, just something's got to change within the team. So mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, and we we talked about the we talked about a lot of that. Like I said, go to go to two episodes ago, twenty two minutes. We talked about a lot, but for me, I see Danticles being back. It's it's college hockey. You don't really have much of the media recognition, much of the the fans breathing down your neck. So you have a lot more leeway, a lot more time. But the other thing is, what if, what if Danton Cole's like? What if he's doing an amazing job? What if it's the assistants? We we don't know. Right, and that's, we and don't that's, even and that's, know. And that's the thing. It's just something has to change. Mm-hmm. It's up to them to figure it out. But yeah. just something does need to change because lost 12 in a row. You have to look yourself in the mirror at some point, mm-hmm. personally. But, and I think it's just the fact that it's coming up on the end of the season will heighten the situation down a lot, too, because obviously we won't be talking about it that much. And, you know, I it, we all we all think he's going to be back. But is that the right decision? Not really our decision to make. So. We'll move on. Michigan State did get swept by Notre Dame uh, 2-1 in the first game, 4-2 in the second. So their losing streak moves up to 12 games in a row. The next in-game action for the Spartans will be this weekend against Penn State on Friday at 7 p.m. in Monice Arena. And the next game will be Saturday at 6 p.m. Luckily, 6 p.m. There's been like five different game times for that. But yes, it is 6 p.m. on Saturday. That will be the last game of the regular season. And then it will be the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament the following weekend, March 4th through 6th. So that is the the updated schedule for you guys. But, uh, hey, we got one more regular season series to talk about. So we are going to freaking talk about it. Penn State comes to Mon Ice Arena. They currently sit at 14 wins, 17 losses, 1 tie, 15, 16, and 1 in the Big. They are 6th in the Big Ten standings with 17 points, obviously 3 points above MSU right now. They've lost their past 5 games, one against Ohio State, then they got swept by Notre Dame and Minnesota. The last time these two teams met, Penn State took Game 1, 4-2, 
And then MSU took game two for three. So both very, very close games. And uh, some other stats about Penn State. They've allowed the 10th most goals in the nation. So that might help out Michigan State. They've allowed the 10th most with 100. And just for some contest, uh, some context, rather, MSU has allowed 100 on the season. Wait, no, I just said. I just said Penn State allowed 100. Penn State allowed 107. MSU's allowed 100. There's context. I'm going to move on from that. And Penn State also has the eighth worst penalty kill at 75.2. So a couple things working in MSU's favor. What do you guys have on this team coming to Mon Ice Arena for this weekend? I think we all kind of knew, I think, this would be MSU's best opportunity to pick up points out of these last three weekends because, obviously, Michigan, you ain't going to beat them. Yes. Oh. Notre Dame would be tough, and it was. Um, and then with this series, it Penn State is the next team in the standings. They're one regulation win above MSU right now in the standings. So the way it worked, or yeah, so the way the way when I'm doing my research for this in the preview that I'm writing that should be out by the time this episode gets released. Um, it these teams are very similar on paper. There's a few different. There's a few key differences um, in the way they play and their play styles. But as far as it goes, their reasons, the reason why they're both not doing very well right now, um, is for pretty similar reasons. And one of those, and the main thing really is inconsistency, um, prone to having games where they kind of just. Uh, will collapse and allow like six, seven goals every now and again. Um, yeah. And struggling to find the back of the net. Um, like one of the things that when I was looking at my, at the stats, uh, both MSU and Penn state rank in the bottom 10 nationally in terms of shot percentage. And that's just something, that's just something that tells you right there. So I don't know exactly how to word it or phrase it or anything like that. Um, other than I don't expect too many goals, I would expect probably another like three two, some kind of three two three one type of game. Um, these this weekend, just it's it's a strange strange matchup, but I think this is going to be MSU's best opportunity to pick up points, and actually their only opportunity left. So, but I I think being able to avoid Michigan or Minnesota on the road will be huge first round. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, this is going to, yeah, this is going to be their best chance to do that, but, um, they're going to need to be consistent and, and play the way that they've been able to play. Play a whole 60 minutes. Yes. Well, good news for both teams. Something's got to give this weekend. Obviously state yeah. lost 12 Penn state has lost five in a row. So something has to give, unless they tie both games, which I oh think would God. be comical. That would be That'd so be, funny. <laughs> I mean, only State would end their 12-game losing streak with a tie. We'll have to wait and see. But for Notre Dame, or for Penn State, sorry, like we said, they've given up over 100 goals this year. They've also won the only 17 teams to score over 100 goals. So they just, they, they're high-scoring games. Should They usually aren't in entertaining hockey games, which will be fun to watch. State, it's, I, it's, I know we're not giving our picks yet for the weekend, but it's mm-hmm. like just... Really, it's going to come down to is State going to turn it around? Are they going to put together two 60-minute performances? Because they do that, they can sweep the series. Like I, yeah. I have no belief, I have no doubt that they can go out and win both. 
but they'd have to play like they did in November and early December. And that they we just haven't seen that type of level of hockey since that point. It's gone continuously downhill. I think last week was probably I call it a plateau. Maybe that's the start of a rise again for the last couple weeks of the season. That's being optimistic, but just it's I'm not sure. Uh, I think that uh, I, I'm gonna leave it at that because I'm not really else where to shoot where else to go from there. But yeah, Penn State for me is. You don't really know what you're going to get with this team. Early on in the season, they they looked amazing. They beat no, uh, they beat North Dakota on a neutral zone game. I I feel like that game was six to four, if I could remember it. Actually, wait, I got the got the record up. Yeah, six, they beat North Dakota six to four. Very good team. And then now it's just been been a bad bad losing spell for Penn State. But it's it's in my opinion anybody's game with these two teams i i think they're very very evenly matched they don't look similar on paper but the way these these two play styles clash i think msu plays the bend but don't break defense well enough and penn state plays the let's just shoot the freaking puck on net and whatever happens happens i think those two are going to clash and it's going to be a very interesting i i think a very very uh fun game to watch or fun two games to watch but hey we'll move into the the blank wins if segment jacob Michigan State will win a game or two this weekend if they do what? They got to win the second period. That's kind of that's been the period that MSU has been historically awful at this season. Um, I have it written, especially down, as of late. Yeah. <laughs> I have it, well, I have it written down in my in the article in my preview here. I want to say that MSU has been out. Yeah, they have been outscored thirty nine to twenty in the second period this year. That's not good. That's. I mean that if I if I do my math correctly, that may be almost double. Yes, that exactly. Yes, exactly. Wait, hold on. Let me pull out the calculator. And that is actually, no. <laughs> as far as like the stats go, I believe that is actually the only period um, that Penn State it has like a positive record in. I have to double check that. My, um, Interesting. But as far as it goes, though, it's yeah, that's going to be the period that's going to be key is that second frame because that if they can play the first two periods right um they're generally decent down the stretch for the most part um so the key is just, like if we're if they're looking to put together a full 60 minutes like they've been harping on that's where it starts is in that second period matt msu will win if they do what i like the second period option from jacob i didn't think about it but just watching the games recently i've noticed that the second period has been a uh, bad period for the for states all year mm-hmm. and then the other thing is just stop taking the bad penalties during the middle of games just like the, the unsportsmanlike penalty that tucker took in the second period on saturday it took a ton of penalties without the fight on friday night so just trying to stay out of the box and don't give penn state who does score a lot of goals an extra opportunity to put one past you i think if they do that and I think if they just come out with the energy that they used to play with early in the year, they I see no reason why they can't sweep the series. Okay, I'm looking this up now, actually. I'm looking at Penn State's goals by period. I'm actually wrong. Uh, they have positive records in both the first and second period, but they're outscored in the third, 31-50. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. So that could be a place where MSU uh, gets some goals back there. Possibly. For me, I'm going to go with MSU, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a kind of what you said and twist it a bit. I'd say if they just if they keep their head level, it's kind of the same thing yeah. that you said, but just yeah, make sure you don't take those those penalties that you don't need to. Make sure that you're you're playing with your heart and you're not playing to to hit people to get revenge. Just just keep your head on straight. 
play a complete 60 minutes, all the hockey cliches, that it, it'll go a long way for Michigan State. They, In my opinion, they did that on Friday against Notre Dame, and it almost got them the win. They lose 2-1 in a very, very close game, but I'd say they played, they were there in every single period. Sure, the first was a little bit lackluster, but both teams maybe didn't get the best sleep the night before or something. But I, I think for MSU, just, just keep your head on straight. This is a team that is beatable. It's a team that you've already beat in the season. You beat them 4-3 earlier. And I think uh, I think if you just you, you take everything that we just compiled, put it together, that's going to be some MSU dubs for the weekend. So, uh, Jacob, for Penn State, they will win if they do what? Uh, they can't let a power, uh, a, a power play goal. Uh, I think we talked about their power play or their penalty kill has not been good this year. Um, I don't know what the exact numbers are. I have to look that up. Um, 75, 75.2%. Yeah, yep. that's not good. That's not um, good. Eight the worst in the nation. It's not the worst, but um, not far from it either. But so, yeah, that's kind of the thing is they just have to, they, the special teams, with an MSU team that struggles to, to get offense the way they have, that's going to be the best chance they can do it. That's how they scored their only goal in that 2-1 game uh, was on the power play. And so, yeah, that's gonna if if MSU's gonna get any sort of momentum on offense, it's gonna spring from that. And with Penn State, the way that is, they need to really shore up on on the penalty kill a little bit more, so that way they can put themselves in a good position to win. I like that answer. I also I'm gonna jump on the stat use. It was 31 to 50 in the third period. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do not let do not get outscored in the third period against State because this is gonna be a close close game throughout. I think both of them will be. So if close game down the stretch, you got to tighten up in the third period. So I think if they can do that, they can shut down, shut the door in the second period. Or sorry, they shut the door in the third period, and don't and stay out of the penalty box and don't let Michigan State get opportunities on the power play. I think Penn State can very easily win one or even both this weekend. For me, I'm gonna go with if Penn State does something that they don't really normally do, but something that's worked really well for teams versing Michigan State is mucking up that neutral zone. In my opinion, Minnesota did it pretty good. Michigan did it amazingly, missing their four best players, and you saw what happened in that Michigan series a couple weeks ago. I think that when teams muck up that neutral zone, make it extremely hard for MSU to get a clean entry, that's when MSU just tumbles down a hill. They When they don't get those clean zone entries, they do not get much time in the offensive zone. They maybe get one shot, and then that's it. They don't get any cycle going. And that's, that's what MSU has not been able to do with uh, Lewandowski and Lochran out most of the, the 2022 calendar year is they have not been able to get clean zone entries and sustain offensive pressure. Now with Lewandowski back, they're going to be able to do that a lot better. We saw that last weekend on Friday, in my opinion. And if uh, if Penn State wants to win this game, just just make sure that those zone and clean entries don't happen that much. And that, that comes with mucking up the neutral zone. So that is all is our blank wins if... if if uh, MSU wins off of what we said, let us know. If Penn State wins off of what they said, maybe don't let us know because we already we already know at that point. But uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll move to the pickums. And for this week, Matt is actually standing in for Cam. We have updated Matt on the the double down situation we got going on here. So uh, Matt, you're, are you are you nervous? You're picking for Cam. Are you ready? I am ready to go. Ready to roll, as Trent Bally likes to say. Cam, I'm getting you back into it this weekend. We're ready to go. I, I hope I hope we can both get back this weekend because uh to update update the score for you guys right now I am still sitting in last of thirty nine 
Cam, aka Matt, for the weeks at forty four, and then Jacob. Oh man, I'll I'll talk about the it, week. It was had. a good. It was a good week. Yeah, Jacob is at fifty eight points. He got twelve last week. So uh, Jacob what? got four points for predicting the Michigan sweep over Ohio State, and he doubled down on it. So boom, four points for you. We all got four points over on Minnesota sweep over Penn State because we doubled down on that. Jacob got two for Notre Dame sweep over MSU. No double down there, but still gets the two points. And then in some NHL action, Jacob got one point for the Blues over Toronto. Told y'all. Mm, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, I got one point for the Wings over Rangers. I didn't think it was going to happen, but hey, it was a fun game to watch. Went to shootout. Wings won it. And then uh, we all got one point for Dallas over Chicago because, yeah, we we all wanted that to happen. So, I know we said a bunch of stuff. Jacob got 12 points. I got six points. Cam got five. I already updated the standings. Nothing's changed since like probably week two in terms of one, two, and three. But uh, hopefully something will this week, even though I don't think it's going to. I'm just really happy for that Blues game. We didn't pick the game where they played the Canadians that, that like two days before. Yeah. Uh, we would have all picked the Blues there because who, who's going to guess the Canadians? Who would have guessed the Canadians would have won their ninth game of the season? And then didn't they win their 10th against Toronto? Did they, did they play Toronto too? Did they? Ooh. Montreal. Yeah. They beat Toronto. They beat they Toronto. They beat them handily too. It was like five to two or something oh, like that. That's just, okay. It was that's Cole Caulfield is uh, coming out now. He is ready to go. <laughs> Took him a little bit, but yeah. hey, we'll, we'll jump right into the picks. The first one, number two, Michigan travels to number nine, Notre Dame Stincy. Who you picking? I got to go with Michigan. Sweep. They're just, they're too good. That's pretty much it. They're too good. <laughs> No double down, though. No, no I'm not going to double down on it. Because okay. Notre Dame is still a good enough team to the point where they could get one of them against them. But it's still Michigan. I know the Olympics are over. But just to confirm, those powers and those guys, they're not back yet. Are they, are they still in quarantine? Because I know I, they had those weird rules. I don't. I know they had to quarantine, but I honestly don't know if they'll be back for this. I feel like they will. Because at this point, it'll be... Close to two, it'll be close, yeah, close to, two to two weeks because they were b- bumped early. So I would think they would left early, but who knows at that point? I'm still gonna go with the split. I'm confident. It's gonna double down on the split too. Cam, we're getting you back in it this week. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think at home, Notre Dame's at home senior senior day weekend. They're gonna get at least one. You know what? I I did not intentionally do this because I I don't like baiting, but I'm actually changing mine. I totally forgot about the possibility of those players being back and. Last week against Ohio State, Michigan just looked really, really good. And that's a series where I was super confident that Ohio State would get one. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, it's at Compton Family Ice Arena at Notre Dame, but I think Michigan's just it's it's this point in the season where they finally get the team together. And I I think, yeah, I'm I need points. So instead of going with the split double down, which I originally have, which I was baiting you guys unintentionally, I swear I didn't do it intentionally, I switched that double down split to a double down to Michigan. Hopefully that gets me four points. We'll see. Wasn't um weren't wasn't Michigan in Columbus last weekend? Were they in Columbus? I'm were pretty they... sure they were I'm pretty sure it was a road game. Um were, but even then God, still just that confused. depth just that depth Michigan has that we saw when they played MSU um without Powers, Beneers, um Johnson, that group. And Bordelo. Bordelo, that's the one I was missing. No, no Brisson, Oh, yeah. Bordelo, Sorry, not Bordelo. was there. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. When when Brisson, we're forgetting Bordelo. all the Oops. names of their star players <laughs> that could still Oops. light up your team on any given night, that's probably a good sign. 
Yeah, that was at Yost. Yeah, pick by a the player, way. and they're probably a draft pick. So, yep. I was gonna say, regardless of the Olympic, if the Olympic guys are there or not, they still have Luke Hughes. They were they were at home last week, but still. Oh, yeah. okay. So, uh, moving on from that series, hey, we can make this one short and simple. It's Wisconsin at number four, Minnesota. Jacob, what you got? Minnesota, Minnesota, good. Wisconsin, bad. Double down. Enough said. Double down. It's gonna be a sweep for Minnesota. Minnesota will sweep this if they don't at home. I will be really confused, but uh, hey, they're they're gonna get that and double down. We all we all picked Minnesota. We all double down. So moving on from that, Penn State travels to East Lansing to take on the Spartans, the 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 two premier teams of the Big Ten battling here. I'm gonna go yeah. with a, I'm gonna double down on this on this here, but I'm going to take a split. Um, it, the teams are too similar to the point where I don't think one I can say is definitively going to sweep either way. Um, I think at least one of these games will go to overtime. Ooh, that'll um, be fun. And even if it does, that still will leave Michigan State with a chance to... Uh, so I, I think in order for Michigan State to climb Penn State in the rankings, they would need to win at least one game in regulation and win one in overtime. At least. Or win both in regulation. Actually, hey, I haven't, or we haven't done this all season, but do you want to, do you want to try to predict the scores for this weekend? Why the heck not? Uh, I'm going to say one game is going to be like 3-1 and then um, 3-2 in overtime. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to, if we're predicting each, I'm going to say Penn State with the 3-1 and then MSU with the 3-2. Okay. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see State end the losing streak this weekend, but based on what I saw last weekend, it's it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with a Penn State sweep on Senior Day. I that's I and I wouldn't. All right, stop. It's Senior Weekend for Michigan State, and I still feel confident enough for Penn State would sweep. That's how just I. It's tough to watch State play right now the way they're playing, and I just don't see how they're going to turn it around this weekend. Um. If I had to predict the scores, I think Friday night I would go four one they lose, and then Saturday they lose a tight three two game. It might go to overtime, but I still think that Penn State pulls out both. That's just me. So you're going to Penn State? You yeah, doubling I am down. doubling down. You're doubling, yeah, down. I am doubling down. Cam is absolutely sweating. He's punching, the, right punching the air right now, but <laughs> oh, that's what he gets for going to Texas. <laughs> Going to Texas during the hockey season? How could you? I can't. I I wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't really have any affiliation with Texas. I don't have a a girlfriend there, so that makes sense. But for me, I think the uh, here to take one out of Cam's book. The Schneid ends here for Michigan State. I think game one will be. I'll I'll say four two Penn State. Penn State has those games where their offense just goes nuts. Maybe even five two, but I'll, I'll stick with four two. But I think the last game of the regular season between Michigan State and Penn State will be a hard fought battle. It will be a three two regulation win for the Spartans. Louis Louis gets a goal. David gets a goal, and gives Susanna a goal because he's a senior it's, too. Because why the heck not? I do have a question though. I have not been able to keep up with. Behind the match the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. how long has Cam been saying they're going to get off the Schneid for? Mm, probably a couple of weeks now. He probably, yeah. I would assume he took Michigan in a sweep. I picked some free he point. Took, yeah, Michigan in a sweep. He he was super confident that Michigan State was going to get one against Notre Dame. I was too, and then I was not. He said for sure 
Michigan State's getting at least one from Penn State, but he he was confident in the uh the Michigan State sweep this weekend. So maybe we should maybe we should ask him for his pick, but hey, whatever. It's, Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> We're, I mean, Cavs twelve you points. You have to double behind, down with yeah. it. Exactly. Cavs twelve points behind Jacob. I'm like seventeen or something. So anything that we could get, we'll take at this point. But we do have some more picks. No more Big Ten action because Ohio State is uh is done with their regular season. But we got some NHL action. Yeah, let's go. Ooh. No double downs. All for one point. Just just for the fun of it. But since Matt's here and Cam is gone, we are subbing in the Dallas Stars for the San Jose Sharks. As they take on the Boston Bruins, we'll start with you, Matt. Who's who's winning this game? I have no idea who you're picking. Let's I have, see. I have, I don't know. This the Sharks this year have been so. It, it's been a painful year. Uh, mm-hmm. They have not played well since they got back from the All Star break. Partly blame them on the NHL because they gave them a week off after the All Star break because of the whole reschedule part. They're not playing well, but it, they turn it around against Boston, the 2016 Western Conference champions, the San Jose Sharks. When they beat Stinson's Blues, they will get it done against Boston on Friday night. Boom. You know what I like about both these teams? Um, Their goaltending sucks. <laughs> well, but Swayman. So what, what I like about both these teams is that they oh, both my. lost in the 2019 playoffs. To, to the same team. To the same I team. I wonder who. I wonder, yeah, <laughs> I wonder I wonder who they lost to on route to that. But... um. So give me the team that made it farther in the playoffs. Give me the Boston Bruins. And I'm also going to take the Bruins. I have not watched much San Jose hockey this season. but it's, from, a, good, it's a good thing. Yes. From what I've seen <laughs> off of a uh, bystander standpoint, they have not had the best of season. And Boston's doing pretty good for themselves, even though they got their struggles right now. So give me Bo- – do you guys know where that game's at, by the way? In, but, what, but Timo Meyer's been going on. San Jose. Thought, he is. He had, he had the five goal game and then Ooh, six goal game. That. Five goal game. Five goal that. game. Yeah. I, I, I just remember because I had Tomas Hurdle in fantasy and he was racking up assists. Yes. Yes. But, so moving yeah, on yeah, though. Yeah, yes. moving on. Yes. yes. Don't, um, need, don't need to talk about the Sharks. Yes. Moving, <laughs> I wonder why you want to move on, Jacob, because it is Blues at the Blackhawks. Who you picking, Stincy? If there is any chance I ever get to hit on the Chicago Blackhawks, I will take it. And that's why I put the game in. <laughs> if we were doing, if we were doubling down at all on NHL games, which we're not, which that's not how we, we do this. But um, if if we did, I would bet the house on the St. Louis Blues um, to beat the Blackhawks. Last time they played them a couple weeks ago, it was five one or something like that. Jeez, it, it wasn't close. The Blackhawks, not very good, uh, especially on defense. The Blues forward depth is crazy. Villahuso is been the best goalie in the league in terms of like goals against average and save percentage. Okay. Okay. He's, if, okay. He, no, legit. He is the number one goalie in both of those categories right oh, now. Oh, dang. Okay. Well, well San Jose would gladly take him or even <laughs> Bennington. Anyways, <laughs> if there's one team that I'd be confident that could beat the Blackhawks right now, it's the Sharks. And that's why what? the <laughs> blue, that's why the Blues are going to win this weekend because if I'm confident that the Sharks can beat you, you're not very good. Oh, there so, you go. Uh, yeah, yeah the, 20, the, the, the 2016 <laughs> Western Conference runner-ups, the St. Louis Blues, will defeat the Blackhawks this weekend. I'm pretty confident mm. in that. I'd double down on it as well if it was available. And uh, 
yeah, I'm 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 just straight up picking the Blues. Blues good. Blackhawks not good. I not the biggest fan of the Blackhawks either. So hey, I. Hope, <laughs> no. hopefully the Blues gives us all a point, or maybe I just forget to add the point to Jacob and uh, something happens there. But I like what? I like that. Idea. Yeah, I like that idea too. <laughs> maybe I should have been doing that earlier in the season. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. I'm not rigging. I, I'm not rigging it. I swear. Because if you look at it, yeah, it's uh, clearly not rigged. Um, anyways. Uh, Toronto travels to Detroit to take on the Red Wings. We'll go with myself first. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for throwing it to me. Who's going to win this game? It's going to be a tight one. Toronto and Detroit are always some very, very entertaining games. Not actually usually Toronto, which is houses the Red Wings as the last couple of years. But I think Detroit can actually have Jacob Vrana back for this game, which is a essential part of this team who's been out since literally all year he hasn't played yet this year he got injured 15 minutes into training camp yeah and he has not played since so i there's a possibility he's back and i think that would be huge for detroit it's in detroit and that game's going to be a fun one so i'll be i'll have my eyes on that give me give me the the red wings though um i wish i could be at that game i went to a leafs wings game in 2019, the year before, the year of COVID, like in October that year. So before the wings started sucking, the people from Windsor came over. So like it was a almost a packed house. I think it might have been sell, sold out. Electric atmosphere. It's going to be a fun game to watch since both teams are good right now. I'm going to go with the wings. I mean, they're not playing well against Colorado right now as we sit here and watch them play in the background. But they're not playing Colorado. They're playing Toronto. And they'll get it done against a team that just lost to the Montreal Canadiens. So Ooh. I'm confident that the wings can get, get it done at home. The Wings will win. The Leafs are in a little bit of a uh, a downward trend right now. I, the the issue with Montreal is or not Montreal, uh, Toronto. There's is, a lot of issues in Montreal. Oh, <laughs> trust me, trust me, I'm well aware. Uh, but no, the the issue, the big thing with Toronto is just what kind of goaltending they're going to get from Jack Campbell on a given night. Um, true, true, true. If he's Fair on true. his game, they are legit cup contenders. If he's not. They lose to the Montreal Canadiens. So it's kind of a roulette game at that point on what Campbell you're going to get, or Peter Mrazek for that matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, just looking at it, it's hard to look at a team with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, all the, all the guys that you want to throw in in that list and tell me they're not going to win. Against, they're not going to win. They're not win. <laughs> so uh, it just just for I'll that reason, for that reason alone, just with the absolute monster season that Austin Matthews has been having, I'm gonna say he continues that against a Detroit. So give me a Toronto Maple Leafs win. So that wraps up our pickums. As I say every single week, I hope it gets a little bit closer. But uh, maybe I should just stop saying that because every time I say it, it doesn't work out. We'll see though. We'll see though in a, in a couple days after the weekend passes. But. That'll be it from us in the studio. Thank you guys so much for listening. Some broadcasts, some right. We got a lot of stuff for you this week. I gotta, I gotta pump my own tires real quick. I'll be broadcasting the game for Big Ten Network Plus. So I'll be, I'll be calling the game for TV. I'll be on camera a little bit. So I'm looking. I'm excited. I'm, I'm getting ready for it. Which game? The Friday game. Okay, okay. And then uh, Cam and Jacob will be writing for that Friday game as well. No impact broadcast, so no no radio waves from us personally. But on Saturday, though. On Saturday, Jacob and I will be on the call for Impact 89 FM. And then uh, I think I think Cameron's writing for I think Yeah, Cam's going to be writing a recap so, on that. So we'll have, we'll have a lot of, lot of writing, a lot of stuff to listen and watch to this weekend. Hopefully check, when. Check out the preview, too. It should be out by Ooh. the time this episode drops. There you go. Check uh, out the preview. Impact89FM.com. 
Ford. And uh, make sure Monday Monday afternoon, look for a, a baseball recap as the baseball team oh, travels to okay. Abilene Christian. Okay. They, Abilene, Abilene Christian. They, they, Abilene Christian. Where is that again? Yeah. Uh, ask, ask Cam. Actually, well, <laughs> Texas? Is, is, yeah, there you go. Is Abilene a city? Yes. Okay, okay. So it's, Texas. Yes, but yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good. State. I think they'll they'll win the series again. They beat UNLV last weekend, but that doesn't matter. This is a hockey podcast, so you finish it up, Ryan. Yeah, so we got we got all the coverage for you guys this weekend. And if you are interested in baseball, go go look at that coverage because Matt Matt and the baseball beat. Hey, they haven't done much work yet, but they will do good work. I know that for a fact. So that's gonna wrap it up for us in the studio from Ryan Radosevich, Jacob Stinson, and Matt Merrifield. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week to break down the Penn State series and preview whoever MSU is versing in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.